Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone. It's Takuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. What follows may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The world is full of stories. Stories of mysteries. Of curiosities. Of oddities. Join Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. And I guess we're ready. Are we ready? Uh, Are you plugged in? Uh, close enough? Sure. All yep. right. Okay. All right. Box of oddities, we are so glad to have you back. I uh, want to thank those who have got in touch with us through our email at curator at theboxofoddities.com. It's fun to read these uh, suggestions for show topics and just just the comments. Right. And uh, in one instance, we got a beautiful piece of art uh, that we're very excited about. Uh, not too long ago, uh, we, <laughs> we mentioned the freak flag, and uh, it's kind of stuck, and it resonated with some. And uh, big thanks to Stephanie uh, from Albuquerque, who sent us a beautiful freak flag uh, that we uh, have posted on the infowebs. We should make T-shirts out of that. Yeah, you know that would be fun. I think that'd be great because yeah, a few episodes ago you said something about flyer freak flag and and we started to get uh, people calling themselves freaks on our social media and uh, so I think we should go with it. I like it. All right, so from now on we're all freaks, and we mean that in a good way. Obviously. Obviously. And. Uh... Some of us more than others. We, <laughs> we were uh, having a lovely discussion the other day, and I was reminded of a wonderful instance in which your freakdom really shone, and uh, it involved a towel bar. That was a discussion that we had privately that uh, I was not planning on sharing. Mm, that's too bad, because you're gonna... It's so much fun. Please share... It's okay. So, all right. Uh, well, I'll I'll tell it then. You there? Okay. So you were with a friend, man, and no, you tell it. You're better because you have the tell right. it. Okay. 
All right. I guess it's only fair because I revealed that at one point you kept a poop chart for the guests that came to your house. I didn't keep that. They filled it out them. They filled it out themselves. That's true. You had a clipboard hanging on the wall. Anyway, that, so I I made you tell that story. So I guess this is only fair. I had a friend of mine, uh, my my buddy Jeff was visiting, and uh, we were out. We had dinner, and we had a few uh, snappy cocktails. Of course, and as so we, you do. And so we got a room at. Uh, this really quaint little boutique hotel in uh, in the downtown area. And by the time we got to the room, all of the pad thai was really starting to, to gurgle around in my lower intestinal region. So I excused myself and I went into the bathroom. And this is an older building, uh, which apparently didn't have very good plumbing. Old plumbing. Old plumbing. Narrow pipes. Very narrow pipes. <laughs> and so I just destroyed that flush. I I destroyed it. And you know that feeling you get when you're in a public restroom and you realize that you have clogged the toilet beyond all repair, where probably they're going to have to bring an entire plumbing team in. The water starts to rise, as does your blood pressure. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, no. And, yeah. And, all you can see is just the paper on the top swirling around and not going anywhere. I I couldn't decide whether to try to flush it again or not. Right. Because then, you know, I'm asking for all kinds of trouble, but I can't leave it there. And I'm looking around in the bathroom. Uh, there are, there's no plunger. No. No plunger. And my buddy Jeff's in the other room. Hey, hey. Why did you die in there? Hey, Elvis. Hey. <laughs> So how'd you solve this problem? Well, that's the funny thing. My Yankee ingenuity kicked in. Right. Mainer uh, through and through. Right. So I disassembled the uh, towel rack and I used the bar to break up the turds with the, with the towel bar. And so that worked out pretty well and I got it all flushed down and then I just rinsed the towel bar off in the shower and hung it back up again. Interestingly enough, not long after they remodeled that whole hotel. <laughs> they did. And I feel like it was directly related. <laughs> <laughs> hotel Impossible came in. <laughs> yep, they were like, something's uh, something's amiss. really uh, well. <laughs> let's start with the towel rack <laughs> and go from there. <laughs> the funny thing is, you told me that story, and for the longest time, I thought you were joking. <laughs> I think it, it was a true story because nope. you lie a lot. But it's true. You can ask my my buddy Jeff, who uh, lives in Santa Rosa, California. Now he had to leave the state. Well, yes. <laughs> of course, I don't blame him. Miss you, buddy. Okay, so <laughs> I actually considered going to the hardware store and buying a new uh, replacement towel rack. Uh huh. But I figured I'd just rinse it off. Sure. Yeah, that's you the know. same. Sure, it's the, it's the same. Same thing. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> so every week we each come up with a strange, bizarre, unusual story that we surprise each other with. Mm -hmm. And last week I went first. So do you want to go first this week? Sure. Okay. All right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because we're bad at, at finding ways to pick who goes first. So I think this back and forth thing is working Working well. We actually had a suggestion from from one of our podcast listeners who sent it to us uh, at uh, curator at theboxofoddities.com. Said we should we should have special uh, box of oddity coins minted that we could flip and then also we could give them away. That's a really cute idea. Yeah. But that what would, would heads and tails be? A skull. Well, yeah. And an ass? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I think she's a fine tushy. Skull, skull, I win. <laughs> ass, you lose. Or you could just have like the box would be closed on one side, and the box of oddities would be open on the other. Oh, that's okay. that's much more tasteful. Right. Yeah. Okay, so what do you have for me? Okay, this is a couple of different things that I've pulled together to create one story that I like to call ridiculous failed legislation. Awesome, like stupid laws that were they it's, tried to pass. That, exactly. Okay. Now, oh. there, uh, there is a wealth of information about this. Is this on the federal level or the state level or both? Both. Both. Okay, cool. And um, there have been tons of bills proposed that were meant to be tongue in cheek. You know, they're, you know, you want this? Well, how about I ask for this? And it's uber ridiculous. And it's just to point out the hypocrisy or ridiculousness of someone else's proposed bill. Okay. Um, okay. And that's that we're not going to to go over. I skipped over those and went over the the bills that were proposed in earnest by people who just had Really interesting ideas. I found no shortage of opportunity to share those. Oh, this is this is fascinating. All right, so um, the, all of the information that I got uh, for these was from three sources: uh, Bustle, BuzzFeed, and the Daily Beast. Uh, though, if you just uh, hit up the Googs with uh, ridiculous laws or uh, proposed law legislation, it's a fun little rabbit hole. Uh, so a uh, hopeful imperial ambition from the House of Representatives politician Lucas Miller in 1893. Lucas Miller was a very optimistic man, and he proposed that the United States be renamed, which we were actually just discussing this the other day, that the United States of America doesn't really have a name um, because it's just a label. We are the United States of America. It's not right. It's not like a name name. No, and, it's and, just a description. And we call ourselves Americans, and we say this is America, but we're just part of the Americas. Exactly. Um, so this guy Miller uh, proposed that the United States be renamed as the United States of the Earth because he believed that the Republic uh, would grow. Uh, through the admission of new states into the Union until eventually the entire Earth would be part of it. He wanted like a uh, Roman Empire kind of deal. He wanted to take over the world uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, just bit by bit. And it, he should just be proactive about it. And we should just go ahead and call it the United States of the Earth because eventually it's going to happen anyway. That would make it really hard to build a wall. <laughs> you know, to keep people out. It's true. It does sound like a ridiculous uh, proposal, but it's very inclusive. It and is. And I like that. I, I like the spirit behind that and uh, certainly his enthusiasm. I, I appreciate it. Plus, like I said, very optimistic. Uh, Lucas Miller, 2020. I'm in. Um, though, really, no one really bought into this, and the, the, the bill failed. Long before fake news became a phrase, poor Ralph Shorty of Oklahoma was the victim of a scare campaign uh, of the sort that your, your great aunt forwards to you uh, in your email, and mm. you have to just delete because, honest to God, I've told you, stop email. I don't need these emails. I'm not going to chain letter and I'm not going to read. Listen, I, I appreciate the flower, but I don't, you know, yeah. you know what? Yeah, yeah. Ruth, you're sweet. 
You're sweet, but you're clogging up my inbox. And who needs a clogged inbox? No one. No one. You have to break it up with, with a, a towel. towel bar. <laughs> you knew what I was doing. Of course. All right. Yeah. Uh, it's a race for the punchline <laughs> with Kat and Jethro. So in 2012, <laughs> Ralph Shorty proposed a bill that banned any aborted fetuses from being used in any food in Oklahoma. <laughs> I think that that's... That's probably wise. Now, there was no such practice in place. Obviously, that doesn't go on. Uh, But he got this idea that food producers were extracting stem cells from aborted fetuses, using them for research on their products. And in that way, it meant that they would end up in finished food. What year was this? 2012. 2012, wow. So it didn't matter that that's really not how product research works or how abortion works or how food works. Mm-hmm. But uh, he was just really, he wanted to make sure that you weren't eating fetus Doritos. And uh, yeah, no one else thought that was going to be a problem. So they were like, yeah, how about <laughs> no, get out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no fetus pizza, please. <laughs> fetus pizza. Oh, can you share that story? Uh, a friend of mine who was in in radio, and uh, he had to do a live commercial for a a restaurant called Feta's <laughs> Pizza, and you can figure it out from there. Yeah. Okay. It's out of business now, by the way. Aww. All right. Um, so uh, there was a bill introduced uh, by State Representative Ted Gassman. Uh, This was actually not that long ago in Iowa. Um, He proposed that uh, if you wanted to get a divorce, you had to prove that your spouse had committed a crime, had abandoned your family, or had committed adultery before you would be granted a divorce. Hmm. So uh, he introduced this legislation, and when asked what the rationale was, because that's, I mean, that's that's very extreme. Um, he said that uh, his daughter and son-in-law recently divorced, and he was worried that his 16-year-old granddaughter was going to become promiscuous as a result. I see. So, so yeah. So we should all, yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. He, that, that's one of those instances where you go, oh, oh okay. okay. Well, why don't, why don't yeah. you go have a seat? And um, Fill out these someone forms. will be right Because, <laughs> uh, no. no. North Carolina. This one's not, uh, it's, sadly, it's not as unbelievable as some of the others. Uh, North Carolina, uh, in 2013, uh, tried to establish Christianity as the official state religion. Um House Resolution 494 would have allowed the state to establish an official religion, even though, I mean, the Constitution. Yeah, yeah. There is that little <laughs> monkey wrench in the works. <laughs> yeah, but there were they actually produced a few uh, proposals that year that were a little wonky, yeah. so I don't know what was going on there. When you say the phrase state religion, hmm. just images of Nazis pops into my head. Right. <laughs> You know? Yeah. It's the state religion. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. Um, so, okay, this is this is a fun one. 
1884, water hyacinths had been brought to New Orleans and had been distributed as gifts by the Japanese delegation to an international cotton exposition. And the people in New Orleans loved the frilly pale lavender flowers that they produced and hyacinths reproduce very rapidly. Um, The story that I was reading, by the way, keeps referring to people from New Orleans, but they don't say people from New Orleans. They say New New Orleans. New Orleans? I don't know how to say it. So I'm just going to keep saying people from New Orleans. New Orleans. No. Whatever. <laughs> Those flowers mm. multiplied rapidly. And uh, this was an issue. Eventually, they started clogging up systems. They, they needed to find a solution for this, yeah. this invasive a species. towel bar. It was really intense. I'm just going to keep powering through. Do it. Do it. And uh, at this time, there was also a food crisis going on. In the city, uh, people weren't getting enough food of various types, but mainly meat because there was such rapid expansion in the city. Uh, there weren't farms producing enough meat for people, um, even though, you know, that's debatable how much meat you really need. But that's another discussion. Um, so this says, <laughs> says the ancestor of a cannibal. <laughs> that's a different kind of meat. Um it sure so, is. So <laughs> a, uh, a couple of guys got together uh, to in an effort to solve both of these problems. And in March of 1910, H.R. 23261 was proposed. And that bill would appropriate $250,000 for the importation of... African animals of various types. They wanted to bring in gazelles and antelope and mainly hippopotamus. The hippo bill, as the public would come to understand it, uh, was introduced by uh, Congressman Robert Broussard. And the idea was this would solve both problems. Hippo ranching. We're going to start eating hippo meat. You will love it. And mm. the hippos will take care of that uh, nasty hyacinth problem because they'll eat all of the the greenery. Nom, 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 nom. And then you will slaughter them and uh, feed them to your family. That's pretty extreme. <laughs> it was beautiful. So they're going to solve the problem of a uh, aggressive infestation of an invasive species by bringing in another foreign species. An aggressive foreign species. Oh, Absolutely. And my favorite part about this story, and it was it's it's really interesting the the whole series of events that that came about, but I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but one of the things that I really enjoyed about it was the effort by these men to uh, sell it. So basically it was the reason you don't eat hippo meat right now is because you don't know it's the appropriate thing to do. Ah. You. You just don't know. You aren't uh, floofy pants enough to eat hippo meat right now, but you could be. But you need floofy pants to eat hippo meat. So now we're going to introduce H.R. 23-7, the floofy pants bill. Yeah. Now – don't get me wrong, right around Thanksgiving time, I need floofy pants uh, in order... <laughs> or just sweatpants. <laughs> That's what I call my, my sweatpants. Nice. My floofy pants. 
That is the story of how we almost came to eat hippo meat on a regular basis because two men wanted to solve a hyacinth problem. <laughs> and they got elected to Congress. So I love it. That's amazing. I love it. It was the late 1800s and they wanted $250,000 to import these uh, these invasive species to deal with the invasive species That's problem. That's crazy. That's it's a lot of money. Yeah, it absolutely then. is. So there you go. That is uh, the the story of. Well, it's multiple stories. Mm. You know, you know what just happened. It reminds me of uh, some of the articles that I've read about ridiculous laws that did get passed. That oh are, gosh, yes. That are still on the books. And uh, for example, there was one. I, I think still to this day, it's illegal to shoot jackrabbits from the back of a trolley in Seattle. Yeah. The blue laws, that's how I, got, I found these stories, was I was looking up blue laws uh, because I posted on Instagram about a blue law from Maine, mm -hmm. which is where we live, by the way. Home of Stephen King. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, yes. Have you read The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon? It's so good. It's a magical story. Anyway, we'll probably talk about blue laws at some point. All right, that's gonna gonna be great. This is a test of the Box of Oddities emergency broadcast system. This is only a test. Had this been an actual Box of Oddities, I'd be talking a lot faster. All right, time for that thing in the middle. Today, five weird things that were left behind in hotel rooms. Number five, a shark. A shark? <laughs> oh, did you want, did you, did you, is that not enough information for you? <laughs> The, Was it a live shark? The hotel like cleaners. Like in the tub? <laughs> hotel cleaners found a baby shark in one of the bathtubs swimming in tap water. No. In desperate need, by the way, of salt water, the shark was returned to its natural habitat. Number four, a prosthetic leg. Yep. One of the hotel staff members at the Fairmont Queen Elizabeth Hotel in Quebec found a prosthetic limb underneath the hotel bed. How do you not notice that? Really, you think it would be easy to return it to the owner, just look for whoever it was hopping to their car with their luggage. Should have called the bellhop. <laughs> A collection of prosthetic legs with different shoes. No! No! <laughs> Was, this was a different hotel, I'm hoping. Yes. Okay. And it, there was a custom-made suitcase uh, for those legs to, to sit in, nestle in, if you will. Number two, an inflatable sheep. Somebody took an inflatable sheep to the travel lodge. And number one, also found at a travel lodge, a house made of bread. A bread house. A bread house. She's, She's a bread house. house. She's Carby Carby. <laughs> Makes your gut hang out. <laughs> and the Box of Oddities with Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth. All right, okay, we're back. I'm sorry. I'm this. punchy today. I'm sorry. I'm a little overtired. Yeah, well, <laughs> you've not been sleeping well I, lately. It I've makes been, sense. I've been having nightmares. Yeah. I've had really weird nightmares lately. I know. I don't know what that's all about. Well, you said you had a bad dream about our puppy, Willie. Yes. Yeah, you know, I don't, yeah. Willie was in an accident and it was awful. And it was, oh, that's yeah. horrible. And it, yeah, I didn't know what kind of accident it was. It's one of those dreams where I know I knew that something had happened, but I, I didn't understand the details of the dream. Yeah. I just woke up really sad uh, until I saw his cute little smushy pug face yeah. staring at me. And then I was I was okay. I had a dream the other night that we bought our friend's house and they left us a nice collection of stoneware. <laughs> 
Well, that pretty much sums up our relationship, doesn't it? It was so pretty. <laughs> Some really nice pieces. Thanks, Paul and Di. All righty. This is, uh, is going to be wicked gross. Are you ready for this? Yes. Okay. What kind of gross? Wait, um, what do I need to prepare myself um, for? Not just, you're going you're gonna to just have to listen. Okay. Okay. What do you do when the woman you love dies at an early age? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. Yeah, yeah we're going to talk about George Carl Tanzler, also known as Carl Tanzler von Kossel, also known as Count Carl Tanzler von Kossel from Tampa, Florida. Wait. Uh, among other places. <laughs> Usually yeah. a Count von Tanzler doesn't come from Tampa. Yeah, it's not really a... A Tampa Bay name that you would expect to, to hear there. I love it. Um, he, he was born in, in Germany, mm-hmm. and he was eccentric, shall we say. Mm-hmm. He was a doctor, among other things. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Did I tell you the other day that my mom told me that she was eccentric? She was like, someone at the grocery store called me eccentric, and I think that that suits me. And I was like, no, Mom, it, you're just weird. <laughs> you have to be rich to be eccentric. That's, that's right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Only rich, weird people are eccentric. Right. Middle class, weird people are just weird. <laughs> or in our case, freaks. Man. So he was born in Germany, and he loved pipe organs. Among other things. I'm, I'm just looking at his bio here. He loved pipe organs. Yeah, he loved them. That's what I want on my tombstone. <laughs> loved pipe Here lies cat. Loved pipe organs. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead. Yep. There was a, he wrote an autobiographical article for the uh, Rosicrucian Digest. And the editorial notes that described who he was kind of gave you a little insight. Many years ago, Carl von Kossel traveled from India to Australia with the intention of proceeding to the South Seas Islands. He paused in Australia to pick up some pipe organs on his ship. Mm-hmm. But before he could get to the uh, the island that he wanted to go to. Pipe war- organ island. <laughs> pipe organ island. <laughs> his <laughs> war broke out and he was uh, put in a, uh, by the British military, a, um, a concentration camp for, quote, safekeeping along with many officers from India and China who were prisoners of war. So after World War I, he decided ultimately to immigrate to the United States. Uh, That was 1926, sailing from Rotterdam to Havana, Cuba, and from Cuba to Zephyr Hills, Florida, which is just on the outskirts of Tampa. It's Mm -hmm. now a big retirement community. Yeah, and they have bottled water that comes from there. He lived there for a while with his family, and then in 1927, he took a job as a radiology technician at the U.S. Marine Hospital in Key West, Florida, (laughs) under the name Count Carl Tanzler von Kossel. I just love it. Count Von Tossel, radiologist, pipe organist. <laughs> yep. There's just so many titles. He loves, he loves the pipe he organ. Loves so on April 22nd, 1932, while he was working at uh, the Marine Hospital in Key West, and this is according, this information is according to Wikipedia. I'm getting oh. this all from Wikipedia. Okay. I've read many sources, but, but Wikipedia has everything that I needed here to, to tell the story. Tanzler met Maria Elena Malagro de Hoyas, who was a local Cuban-American woman, can I just take a moment yeah. and remark on your amazing R trilling? 
I'm so, arr, arr. I'm so happy about what just happened. Thank you. So Maria Elena Milagro <laughs> del Hoyas uh-huh. uh, was a local Cuban-American woman who had been brought to the hospital by her mother for an examination. And Tansler immediately recognized her as a, uh, a beautiful, dark-haired woman that he had had a vision of years before in a dream. Oh. He had this vision that he would meet this woman and she would be the love of his life. And so he looked for her all these years, and then boom, there she was. That's really nice. The sad thing was she had tuberculosis. Aww. She had the consumption. Sure. Yeah. Beautiful raven-haired lady coughing up blood. Elena was the daughter of a local cigar maker, Pancho Hoyas. What a great name. That is a wonderful name. Pancho. So Hoyas had been diagnosed with tuberculosis, a typical fatal disease at the time, certainly. And it eventually claimed the lives of almost her entire immediate family. Mm. Everybody just wiped out by, by TB. Tanzler, with his self-professed medical knowledge, attempted to treat and cure Hoyas with various medicines, as well as x-rays and electrical equipment and uh, all kinds of stuff that was brought into the Hoyas' home. And he just continued to fall deeper and deeper in love with her. She, he would, he would bring her lavish gifts, jewelry, clothing to to profess his love to her. Well, that's really nice. See, that's how you love a woman. That's how you tell a woman that you love her. That's what you should do when you love a person. You buy them nice things and surprise them with nice things. That's what you do when you love a person. What just happened? <laughs> Bring me nice things. Okay. I feel hypnotized. <laughs> now, the sad thing is there's no evidence that she reciprocated oh, no. any affection toward Maria him. Maria didn't dig him? No, no. Oh. Despite uh, Tansler's best effort, she died of tuberculosis at her family's home on October 25th, 1933. Tansler paid for her funeral. And with the permission of, of, of her family, he commissioned this uh, construction of this lavish mausoleum in the Key West Cemetery. And he would go and visit the mausoleum every night. Oh, that's so sad. He would creep through the cemetery where she was buried and sit there and sing her love songs at her grave. But then that wasn't enough, so... In April of 1933, he crept back into the cemetery and dug her up and moved her out in a in a toy wagon. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. He dug her up and then he carted her through the cemetery after dark on a on a radio flyer. Took her to his house. He reportedly said that Hoya's spirit would come to him when he would sit by her grave and sing the songs. So was it like a time management thing? Like he might as well just bring her home. Cause sure. Yeah. It's, it gets exhausting going out to the cemetery every night. You got the commute. Yeah, I think it's important if you're going to be a corpse snatcher to mm. observe, you know, you need to work smarter. Not you, harder. You, not harder. Yeah. Exactly. So he gets her home and he, um, you know, she's kind of decomposed at this point. So he freshens up the body. He connects the bones together with coat hangers. <laughs> Sorry. I'm sorry. I have so many questions. Go ahead. How long had she been buried at this point? Do you know? Uh, from October of 31 through April of 33. Oh, 
Oh, so, no. So a year and a half. Oh, it wasn't just a couple days then. No, it was no. like a year and a half. Oh, so. <laughs> so she was a little soupy by then. <laughs> Um, so we connected her body with coat hangers. With coat hangers. Wire coat hangers? Wire, wire coat hangers. Because we know yeah. that's a no-no. Yeah. He also replaced her eyes with glass eyes. Sure, yeah. And then as the skin continued to decompose, he replaced it with silk cloth soaked in wax and plaster of Paris. That's well, all right. That's very ingenuitive. Her hair had fallen out. Sure. 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 So he um, he made a wig out of the hair. And also, I guess her family had given him some of her hair when she died. Huh. Yeah. I don't know. So he made a he made he made a wig for her. Note to self, tell family not to hand out chunks of my hair after death. Tanzler filled the corpse's abdominal and chest cavity with old rags. Oh. To keep the uh, original form. He uh, dressed Hoyas remains in sexy stockings, jewelry and gloves, and kept the body in his bed right next to him. He also used copious amounts, it says here, of because uh, I would never use the word copious. Copious amounts of perfume, disinfectants, and preserving agents to mask the odor mm. and forestall the corpse's decomp. Mm. So wait, was she just wearing sexy stockings? No, she had. It looks like a kimono. I'm looking at a picture. You want to see it? Yes, please. Okay, come on over here. We'll po- we'll post this on social media. That's what she looked like. Oh. So she got like a kimono on or something like that. Yes. A what now? A kimono. Is that what they call it? Like the Japanese no. bathrobes? No. What do they call it? Kimono. Kimono. Looks like she has one of them Japanese bathrobes on. She looks like Jason Voorhees. <laughs> Get back in your seat. Okay. So he had her in his house for like seven years. Oh. And in October of 1940, Hoyo's sister heard rumors of Tanzler disinterring the body of her sister and moving it on home. So because of that, Hoyo's body was eventually discovered. Florida notified the authorities. Tanzler was arrested and detained. He was psychologically examined Mm -hmm. and found mentally competent to stand trial on the charge of wantonly and maliciously destroying a grave and removing a body without authorization. I I mean, malicious is a is a tough word to use. Mm. He lovingly destroyed a grave and (laughs) removed a body without authorization. Lovingly. You know how I feel about intent. He used a toy wagon. <laughs> Yet he was competent to stand trial. Mm-hmm. After a preliminary hearing on October 9th, 1940, uh, at the Monroe County Courthouse in Key West, Tanzler was held to answer on the charge. But the charge was eventually dropped and he was released as the statute of limitations had come to expire. Just like Maria. After they found her, the authorities found her, mm-hmm. the body was examined by physicians and uh, pathologists. And what do you do with a woman's mortal remains after she's been dug up, covered with wax? Semi-taxidermied. What is the best way to show respect and love for this person's mortal remains? Well, you put it on display at the Dean Lopez Funeral Home. No! Why? Where it was viewed by as many as 6,800 people. Why, though? I don't know. Make a buck. 
Hoyas' body was eventually returned to the Key West Cemetery, where the remains were buried in an unmarked grave in a secret location to prevent further tampering. Doesn't really end there. Oh, no. Mm. Did her spirit and her stockings call to him? Yes, apparently. No. No, what he did was he was so sad by this that uh, he had made a, a death mask of her. Okay, so he used that to create a life-size effigy of her out of wax and things like that. And, and He liked his wax. So he didn't have the body there. He had this effigy that he made that was life-size. And uh, when he died in 1952, his body was found in the arms of this effigy lying behind a pipe organ. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. He was lying behind his pipe organ, but he was fit to stand trial. <clears throat> now, here's where it gets weird because <laughs> no, <laughs> up until now, this is all. story and they go, well, here's where it gets weird, by the way. After it happened, uh, after, they, after he died and uh, they found this effigy, apparently it was written, although this has never been proven, mm-hmm. but it was written that uh, Tanzler had switched the bodies and that uh, he had the remains secretly returned to him, and that he died with the real body of Hoyos behind the pipe organ. I don't believe that. Well, that's that's the urban legend. That's the rumor. Yeah. yeah. Now, the big question is, did he have sex with the body? Oh, is that the big question? Well, it was never proven. Uh, you know, there was no real... I mean, how do you tell? It was not brought up. There was no evidence of necrophilia presented in the 1940 preliminary hearing. However, but apparently some physician's proof surfaced in 1972, over 30 years after the case had been dismissed. How can I put this? They discovered a cardboard tube in her vagina. I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, ew. I mean, yeah. uh, well, yeah. I mean, yeah, ew. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, but also, like, what are you doing with your life that 30 years later you're investigating a corpse's vagina hole? Like, what what's going on there, I, I doctors? Think, I think I think they had found it before the trial, but the evidence was not presented. And, oh, do you think because it was se- too sensitive? Maybe. And that it was 1940 and maybe. they were like, we're not going to talk about her toilet paper tube veg. Right, right. Yep. I get it. And so in 72, going over previous records, they had discovered this. So, <gasps> so it suggests that perhaps that was the case. Maybe. For maybe. Count Carl Tanzler von Kossel. Look at his, look, can you look at his picture? Yeah, hold on. Look at his big handlebar mustache. Well, that's not what I pictured at all. You, you're picturing like a serial killer kind of guy, right? No, I mean, he looks like a serial killer for sure. He looks Actually, like Albert does. Fish. He does kind of look like Albert Fish. Um, no, he looks like a, uh, like a, like a, like a Colonel Sanders on a diet. <laughs> he does. Yeah. Gets a lot of exercise with all that skulking around cemeteries. Yeah, and pulling wagons right. full of corpses. Wagon pulling. All the wagon pulling. And all the, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Wow, that was fascinating. <laughs> Isn't that bizarre? That was upsetting and wrong and fascinating. I am I am disgusted and thrilled that you shared it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like we say, uh, the box of oddities is not for everyone. That's right. But we're glad you're here, and uh, we feel as though 
you're part of our community. If you enjoy weird stories like this. Right. I mean, not that you should have enjoyed what just happened. But if you're you're interested in weird stories like this, then you can come here and there's no judgment. No, you're welcome here. You're welcome here, you freak. (laughs) And we say freak with all the love in the world. You know it. Our website is theboxofoddities.com. There you can find all of our social media links, or as you like to call it, our social (laughs) Yep. Yeah, that's what I call it. Uh, That's also where you can uh, click to send us an email if you've got complaints about all of what just happened. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lordy. You're you're answering these emails. Not me. I'm I'm so – I'm just – I'm loving doing this, and I'm having so much fun with it. I am too. It's great. Yeah. You know, what's really fun is is watching – where we're getting downloads from, you know, turkey. So, I saw turkey. Turkey. We got we got downloads in Turkey. Where else? Uh, what's that Russian place? The Ukraine. The Ukraine. That was I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. The Ukraine, Brazil, the Netherlands. This week we got uh, we got mm, our first downloads from the Netherlands. Why does that make sense? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever you are, we love you. And uh, we'll see you next Tuesday. I love it. Keep flying that freak flag. Fly it high. And so, let it be known that the box of oddities belongs to you. And its fate is in your hands. Therefore, it's been requested by those I report to, to beseech you for assistance. The box of oddities is free. We ask but one thing of you. To provide a five-star rating and a positive review. True, that is two things. However, tis merely a five-star rating and a positive review. Also, subscribe to us. Okay, so three things is all we ask. Three things and three things only. Henceforth, the Box of Oddities commits to the telling of stories. Stories of the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected. We wish to offer our deeply felt gratitude and appreciation for your patronage. TheBoxOfOddities.com Copyright 2018. All rights reserved. Do you love history but hate when it's stuffy and boring? Well, look no further and join me, Katie Charlewood, your friend the neighborhood social scientist and reader of books, as I delve into unsolved historical mysteries, murders by gaslight, and of course, women who have been misrepresented through all time. On Who Did What Now, the history podcast that's not your history class. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Ken. And we are from the Triviality Podcast, a pub trivia style game show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Join us each week for an hour-long game of general knowledge trivia featuring special guests from around the world. Plus, tons of extra themed episodes if you want to improve your trivia game or you just want to scream at us in your car when we get easy questions wrong then we're the show for you find triviality on all your favorite podcast apps but you know that because you're already listening to a podcast